I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man, and chase your dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man, we the original man. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of Confessions of a Native Son. I'm your host, Mike Stedman, a Marine Corps veteran, entrepreneur, an aspiring author who enjoys thought-provoking and engaging dialogue about race, culture, and business. In this episode, I discuss author Gay Hendricks' book, The Big Leap, Conquer Your Hidden Fear and Take Life to the Next Level. I came across the book last year thanks to my business coach, Bill Watkins, from the Lions Pride, and has been instrumental in my personal and professional growth. I'm currently going through the book for the fourth time as I continue to take my own big leaps with Ironbound Boxing and Dope Coffee. The book made me self-aware of my upper limit problem, the self-doubt, self-sabotage, and insecurity that emerges every time I dare to step into my greatness. I open up about my personal limiting beliefs, the stories I tell myself, and the utter mental demons I battle on a daily basis. My hope is that opening up about my struggles, you're able to find some self-awareness in your own life. As always, thanks again for sharing your time with me, and I hope you enjoy the show. All these head games, modern slavery. I learned my history, don't try to play me. Type of schemes that make Netflix go crazy. Walking by my brother like he hate me. That that book is man, where you learn that man. Now when you walk by him, you hold your head up and grin. You start a business with him, you make commitments to him. We all can profit and win and reinvest with our friends. And circle back to the hood and teach them. What's going on, everybody? This is Iron Mike Stedman podcasting from my apartment, my one-bedroom apartment in Newark, New Jersey, on that Sunday evening. I don't know if you guys noticed that intro, uh, Iron Mike. That's the name I'm rolling with these days because I realized I had to step outside of my own skin a little bit and step into my zone of genius and my zone of greatness and really just daring to be great and some stuff we're actually going to talk about on today's episode. So, um, Super excited to be talking to you all here. Really, really thankful for the audience, man. Um, I can't believe, you know, we're, what episode is this? This might be like episode 12, but we're deep into this podcast and just the support I'm already starting to see from people reaching out to us, sending us email, fellow veterans and, you know, classmates of mine from the academy or people who just come across the platform through Dope Coffee. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, and I really do appreciate the support and everything. And, uh, like I've said before, you know, this podcast is a labor of love. One thing it allows me to do is it allows me to express myself in an authentic way and work through some thoughts and feelings and emotions that I'm working with or thinking about. Um, and it just, it, it lets me express that, you know, entrepreneur side of the house, but also the American studies side. You know, I write about race, culture, and gender, and then also this like social critic piece. So it's all just kind of bundled into this this platform and, and this podcast and uh, really just thankful that you all tune in each week and uh, listen to me and my guests, you know, talk about, um, you know, very, various topics that uh, are at the forefront of my mind. And it is, it's just cool. You know, it's cool. It's cool bringing an idea to life and people starting to actually see value in the in the stuff that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing with this show. Um, couple quick updates for you all. So I have been super excited to announce that I am an 
finalist with Echo and Green, which is a very prestigious social impact fellowship that gives social entrepreneurs such as myself uh, 80K to live off of for pretty much two years to bring our ventures to life. So a lot of us uh, apply for this Echo and Green Fellowship. And it's essentially like the gold standard for the social impact community because a lot of these foundations and these organizations and these impact investors, they don't want to, they don't have the time or the money to just like uh, vet everyone. So what you're starting to see is that they're using these like third-party organizations to do it for them to basically curate talent in one place in the social impact arena, nonprofit arena. Um, and I have been, you know, trying to be an Echo and Green Fellow for pretty much three years now. This is my third year applying, but this is the first time I actually made it as a finalist. And the first time I heard about it was um, was through my professor at Rutgers Business School, a guy named Jeffrey Robinson, who I interviewed on our web series, you know, Lift As We Climb. And I found out about like, that was when I was first introduced to social impact, you know, I've been on the ground in Newark, just hooking and jabbing with Ironbound Boxing, literally just, you know, I won't say Mickey Mouse support, but nothing crazy. And then I start finding out about these fellowships and, you know, really start to think about how could I grow Ironbound Boxing in a way to impact more kids. And that's when I got exposed to Echo and Green. And I actually thought that Echo and Green would be a great way for me to leave my job in 2018 get the fellowship and bring the vision to life. And when I applied, made it to the second round, but not the final round, I was pretty devastated by it. And I remember sitting up late at night, um, like refreshing my email the day they were supposed to announce who the finalists were. And I just kept refreshing my email over and over till probably like two o'clock in the morning um, because I didn't get an email update whether I made it to the final round or not. And uh, when I, you know, I email Echo and Green and, you know, asking them saying, hey, I didn't get any, any news yet. And they apologized by and sent me my notification that I didn't actually make it to the final round. And uh, I just remember how sad I was because I was banking on that to be, to give me the financial cushion I needed to quit my job, um, to focus on Ironbound Boxing full time. But lo and behold, you know, uh, I ended up doing, quitting my job anyway to bring the vision to life and didn't have Echo and Green to, to stand on. But I was fortunate enough to hustle and build a great support network within the veteran community with Bunker Labs and WeWork that I was able to um, basically hustle my way into some income to work on the venture until I was able to get the, the for-profit up to a point where, you know, we're self-sustaining. So that is, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, just, I think just to be recognized in terms of like uh, the efforts that we're doing, because it's been so hard. Like this is really, really hard. Um, no matter what you see in like the media or the publications and you know what you see on my LinkedIn and all this other stuff, but like being an entrepreneur in Newark, um, you know, especially built around like boxing and amateur boxing and just everything I'm doing with Ironbound, it's been so, so hard, you know? And so um, it's, it's nice to get recognized in some, in some way for it. And it, kind of gives you hope to this idea that like other people are starting to see the vision and the dream and that you're not as, you know, that this idea of like, we set these massive goals or these visions of like, for me, Ironbound Boxing touching all these urban inner community, all these urban communities, like all across the country and to have like vetted people and established people, you know, kind of see the vision and want to support it. That's like super cool for us. And, you know, on another personal note, um, uh, and I've talked about this on this podcast and I'll keep talking about it, but 
when I got out the military, the traditional pathway for, uh, I feel like military officers, particularly African-Americans, we get out and everybody wants you to go get an MBA and get an elite MBA from some, you know, top 10 business school. And I didn't do that, right? I moved to Newark, started coaching boxing and was getting, getting my master's in American studies. Um, and the thing about the Echo and Green Fellowship of, I believe I'm like one of 53 one of 53 finalists and the applicant pool this year was about 3000. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of cool there, you know, especially when you talk about like establishing a business model and showing proof of concept and, you know, all this different stuff, but, um, it is, yeah, the, the whole thing I was saying about like the, the NBA for me to kind of go this route and kind of be this, like, you know, have this background in like the humanities, but just kind of build out this like hustlers NBA and the Echo and Green Fellowship is pretty much like the Harvard MBA for the social impact community. It's like the gold standard. And so getting it will be like super dope. Um, but even if I were not to get it, I'm still doing what I'm doing with Ironbound regardless. Like I'm going to see this thing through, uh, win, lose, or draw. But it would be cool to be able to do it as an Echo and Green Fellow. So I'm going to go ahead and speak it to existence. This is me stepping outside my comfort zone. I'm going to be a 2020 Echo and Green Fellow. I'm going to blow up Ironbound Boxing and scale it all across the country. And we're going to also bring dope coffee and scale it all across the country and build two badass brands simultaneously. Um, and it's a little uncomfortable kind of speaking stuff so hard into existence, especially something like this, because I, and you, I'm going to talk about it in today's episode. Um, but, you know, sometimes we can be afraid to, um, really try hard. Like something I've been battling with like this week um, is why I'm excited about this podcast is because, you know, you don't want to always get your, <clears throat> let me say this, right? Sometimes we have a fear of getting our hopes up for things, whether we're going to get into a school, whether we're going to get this job uh, or we're going to get this fellowship. And we have this fear of really like looking forward to it and saying that we're going to get it because if we say that and it doesn't happen, this feeling of like, uh, we'll be devastated. So rather than like owning it and speaking to existence, we try to tell ourselves we don't care, you know, whether we get it or not, doesn't matter. That way, um, it's like this piece of protecting ourselves and protecting us from hurt in case things don't go out our way. And I know like I have a habit of that and I'm going to talk about it, you know, on this episode, but I'm going to step outside of myself and I'm going to do a 180 and I'm going to say I'm going to be a 2020 Echo and Green Fellow. I'm going to speak it into existence. And we're going to, we're going to make this happen. I'm going to, I'm freaking, I'm fucking blowing Ironbound Boxing up and going to support Dope Coffee. And we're going to, we're going to make these brands real. We're going to build these brands. Literally, we're building these brands literally from the ground up and we're going to touch a lot of people's lives. And I'm super excited about that. And this platform is going to be one of the ways we do it through voice. So uh, update for you all. So stay tuned for that. You know, I got my echoing green um, final interviews. I got like an interview and then I have a panel, which is all going to be done virtually this year, um, in June. Right. So like, I think the first week of June, I have my, my I have my interview finalist interview. And then, uh, later that month I have the panel where I have to like answer questions and whatnot. But, you know, prior to COVID this panel, I mean, this whole process would have taken place in April. So they were going to have us come to New York city We'd have like this whole week of like Echo and Green finalists meet all these like social impact game changers and the 2020 talent. And, you know, we do some workshops, whatever. And then we pitch and then we have the panelist interviews and it's all done kind of live. So um, it would have been interesting to kind of do that because I do think I have like a very like social presence. 
But in the absence of that, man, life has its own plan. So all we can do is like adapt and overcome. And so that's, you know, it's gone virtual. And I'm thankful that it's still happening because I, I don't know, deep down, I was worried like, damn, the one year I make it to finalists, freaking the pandemic hits, go figure, go figure. And uh, I don't get to to pitch live, but it looks like I'm still going to get a chance. So um, we're going to make it happen, man, because I, I really believe in the stuff we're building with uh, with these businesses. And, you know, I think our heart is in the right place with the social impact and with everything that's going on with like the COVID pandemic and stuff like um, we need really um, we need people that can solve problems and execute on the solutions in urban communities. And that's what I am doing with Ironbound Boxing. You know, we're forward thinking about how to support communities of color and low-income communities in general uh, during this this pandemic era. And so, um, you know, getting the fellowship would be a great way to help me scale our efforts and raise a lot more awareness to it and recruit um, talent and investors and supporters, et cetera. So this kind of brings me to uh, my confession for this week. And uh, it ties into our, to the to the topic of today's show. But I'll tell y'all a, a honest to, honest to God confession. I think for the longest time, I've always believed that there's something fundamentally flawed with me. Um, and I'm as I get older, I'm trying to examine like where this comes from. Um, but uh, I mean, I think for a man of color, we're told just so much stuff at an early age because like I feel like I check every box in the book, right? Like I grew up in a single parent household, never met my dad, um, you know, didn't have a lot of uh, income coming up and, you know, just like all this stuff. Cause like, you know, in American society, I feel like they try to tell us, like, if you grow up for black people, like they say like, oh, absent fathers, the reason, you know, um, black America is where it's at right now. And that if you have a, if you don't grow up with your father, you're like 10 times more likely to end up here and 50 more times likely to hear up there. And so I think when we're constantly like bombarded with that information, man, I think it, in the back of our minds, it's it it can be this little voice that kind of tells us that like there's something wrong with you, that like you you are you are flawed. And the problem with this is it's kind of helped me back from shining um, from from growing into like my true potential because I can never really just be me. You know, I can never really just step out and be great and just be super confident a hundred percent of the times, like no matter what I project, right? Like I think there's, there's always that voice in the, in the back of my head. Um, you know, like I'm running a business and I'm like an entrepreneur and I've like done it for fucking two years now. And even before that, right? Like I had the, the boxing Academy, but like, hey, I didn't, I didn't graduate the Naval Academy, like with a very high GPA. I was a Marine officer, but like, I wasn't the best officer. And like, I don't have these credentials and I don't come from this background. I don't have this upbringing. And so deep down, that stuff is like always talking to me, man. And like telling me that like, I'm not good enough and that I'm going to get exposed and that I'm an imposter or, you know, it even extends beyond it even stands beyond that in terms of like the relationships I can have with other people, you know, intimate relationships, because they're going to find out that like I'm, I'm flawed. Um, and like the reason I, I want to talk to you all about that, because this platform, this podcast, my entrepreneurial journey um, is a way for me to like tackle those things, attack those things head on. And I know for a lot of people of color out there, um, whether you're peer surgeon of color or not, you know, because there's a lot of listeners that listen that aren't uh, people of color. But this is something 
that uh, a lot of people deal with, whether they want to admit it or not. And I'm just coming out and saying like, hey, this is this is the problem I have. And I'm going to you know, tell you all some of the ways that I'm, I'm trying to battle through it. And it's always when like success comes too. You know what I'm saying? Like I think about like this whole Echo and Green thing. And then another thing I didn't mention, like I'm getting recognized by the American Legion as like the entrepreneur of the year for 2020, you know, for a business three years and under. So that kind of happened. And then, you know, the news pieces on Ironbound Boxing and the stuff I'm doing. And it's like, yo, like, you know, I still feel like flawed, like even with like all this stuff, right? Like all the stuff I've already done, my track record at the Naval Academy, boxing wise, um, it's it's something that I, it's a demon that I battle and I, I got to shake off. So um, I'm, I'm dealing with that like right now, especially as I start to um, transition it and really focus on growing ironbound in this pandemic era and making the necessary moves and thinking big like I need to in order to uh, really reach my potential. And so I have to battle these demons in the midst of bringing some of our new products to market and really stepping out of my shell a bit. So hope that is very enlightening for you all out there. And I'm, uh, I hope many of you can relate to what I'm dealing with. So that's my confession for you this week. So um, before we get into the theme of today's show, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsors. First, I got to give a shout out to Dope Coffee, a lifestyle brand that pairs urban black culture with innovative product offerings in the coffee industry. We're not a coffee brand for black people. We're a coffee brand that seeks to elevate black culture through a lifestyle of premium coffee and candid conversations. Next, I got to give a, a shout out to my brand, the one and only Ironbound Boxing, a fitness brand committed to sharing our love, passion, and appreciation for boxing within companies, organizations, and communities. As a social enterprise, we proudly dedicate a significant percentage of our proceeds to fund free amateur boxing programs for inner city youth and young adults. Shout out to Dope Coffee and Ironbound Boxing. Y'all know what we're about. I was on the phone today with uh, Dope Coffee CEO Mike Lloyd for probably about two hours just chopping it up on all the exciting stuff we're looking to do to support our communities during this time. Everything from pitch competitions and pushing out content. I mean, we're we're really forward thinking about a lot of this stuff, but but we're we're fighter leaders, right? We're not thought leaders. We're not just out here talking about stuff. We actually execute upon it. So we're excited to to be bringing you some uh, dope content and some support and uh, as you watch our brands grow and some of the moves we're making. So uh, with that being said, let's jump into the theme of today's show, which is taking the big leap. All right. So I have a business coach and his name is Bill Watkins and he started this group called the Lions Pride. And I, you've, I've probably mentioned on here uh, quite a few times, but um, it's basically a business accelerator that I'm a part of. And so I have a cohort of entrepreneurs, including myself, as well as Bill, that kind of facilitates a lot of the learning. We have online modules. We jump on calls like pretty much every day. And then, you know, prior to the pandemic hit, we had live events where we would all come together and go out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and, you know, go over some business strategy stuff and really work on dialing in our brands and dialing in our personal lives. And one of the things that Bill did, does for us is, you know, we, we built out this thing called the one-page personal plan, which pretty much aligns, like, where we want to see our lives end up. And then we use the, our one-page personal plan to kind of fuel our businesses so that it aligns. So, for example, it's like, where do you see yourself a year from now? two years from now, three years from now, you know, 25 years from now, like life, education, family, you create your personal plan. You identify like, what are some of the limiting beliefs that are holding you back? And, 
you know, what stories do you have from your childhood that affect you today? And then you kind of put this on a plan and then we take that plan and use it to help fuel, make sure it lines up with our business and we're building our businesses around uh, aligning with our, with our plan. And part of the curriculum we have is this book by a guy named Gay Hendricks and it's called The Big Leap. And it's such a good book, man. I mean, it really opened up my eyes and it really helped me become self-aware of like the stuff I just told you about, like actually speaking it, this idea that like something was fundamentally flawed with me. Um, and the, the whole premise of the book is um, it teaches us to operate in what he calls our zone of genius, right? Which is like the one place to where like you can really just shine and like be your true self. So for me, you know, my zone of genius obviously is like boxing. I love boxing, uh, amateur boxing, building grassroots boxings from the ground up. Like um, it's the one thing that like brings me the most happiness. And when I stay in that realm, you know what I mean? Like I can shine and just be me, right? And be my authentic self. And it takes a lot of courage for people to actually step into their zones of genius because we spend so much time like, chasing these other zones, which I'm going to get into. Um, but the premise of the book is like identifying and making you self-aware of the challenges that are holding us back as individuals so that we can make that leap into our zone of genius and our true selves. And so, you know, that's a quick synopsis of the book and I highly recommend, you know, people check it out. But one of the things he identified for me that is really important was this concept of an upper limit problem. And you kind of heard me talk about this idea, like me being fundamentally flawed. That's my upper limit problem um, ticking, right? Because I am, um, it's like, uh, that's my upper limit problem, like ticking because I'm starting to get some success, right? So obviously like it's the success and it's like, hey, I don't deserve to be successful, right? There's something, there's, you know, I'm about to mess something up, you know? And so, uh, you know, for him, he describes the upper limit problem as like each of us has an innermost thermostat that determines like how much love, success and cre creativity we allow ourselves to enjoy. So when we exceed our inner thermostat setting, we often do something to like self-sabotage ourselves, causing us to drop back into the old familiar zone where we feel secure. Um, and this comes from like childhood trauma, you know, stuff that happens at an early age that you don't even really think about. It could be stuff that even happened to me, like in the military, that kind of goes into that like upper limit. Um, and so anytime I start to have success, right? Like, it's like, you want to like sabotage yourself and bring yourself down. This idea that like, we can't be happy all the time. Or we can't crush it. You know what I mean? It's like feeling of like, damn, something good, something good happened. Now it's only a matter of time before some negative news or something comes around the corner and takes us out. And it's this belief that because we fundamentally believe that we manifest it and we create it, even though it's not real. So it's like, we look for ways to uh, sabotage ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the whole book is about making you aware of your upper limit problem so that you know, when it's triggered, you can make the necessary moves to like identify it, you know, because you have to tell yourself, like, I deserve to be happy. I can be successful. You know what I mean? I can like crush it. Um, and it doesn't have to necessarily come in waves. It's like, I can, I can feel like this all the time. So like, you ever had that day where you're just fucking, you're just crushing it, man. You're killing it. Everything is going good in your life, right? Like your friends are, you're, you got super close support network of friends. You're killing it in your job. Things are good. You got a nice relationship at home. And you're just like, man, I wish you could be like this all the time. Well, what he argues in the book is that it can be. 
Like it literally can be if you, if you let it be, but um, just because of all the stuff that happens in our lives, right? We're always looking, we don't fundamentally believe that. And he, he wants us to challenge that. And so it's, um, you know, the upper limit problem um, is, is very real. And you saw me talk about it again in my confession for the week um, because, you know, it's like, I, I mean, there's just so much good stuff has happened with Ironbound now, you know, and it's, it's hard. I, I, like I said before, it's hard, but we're, we're making progress. And then even look at dope, right? Like the stuff we're doing with dope coffee um, and the upper limit is trick. The upper limit is triggered, but um, I'm aware of it. And I, I'm working through it. You know, something he talks about in the book, right? So I mentioned before, like, you know, zone of genius, right? Um, he, he identifies four zones that most people operate in, right? Your first zone is your zone of incompetence. This is like a job or a scenario where you find yourself in where it's like, it's just not a good fit. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, for me, right? Like I am not a, let me, uh, let me example. Like I'm not a computer programmer, right? So if you put me in a role where I'm like, programming software and, and all kind of stuff, right? That's incompetence for me. Like I can never really shine. I'm not going to be able to really thrive in, the, in this role. And it's going to get, it's going to result in me getting fired or me um, getting compensated at a very, very low rate, right? So you got your zone of incompetence. The next is like your zone of competence. Zone of competence basically where you can survive, right? Like you're not thriving by any means, but you're like competent at it. Like you can do the job without getting anybody killed. You know what I mean? You can turn your work in on time or you know, you can pass the class with like a C or, or you know, a, a B minus or something, but just like competent. Then the zone of excellence, which is a scare, you got to watch out for zone of excellence because the zone of excellence is like, you're pretty good at your job and you're pretty good at your work, right? And you could pretty much stay in the zone of excellence your entire life if you wanted to. You know what I mean? It's like, for me, right out when I first moved to Newark, I worked at a boys, I worked at a private school in Newark called St. Benedict's Prep. And I ran the residence hall at St. Benedict's for probably about three years. So I lived in this giant house with 70 teenage boys. And because of my passion for like working with young men of color, I think that was like my zone of excellence. You know what I mean? Like I enjoyed it. I felt like I made a lot of connections with the kids. I could relate to them. I looked like them. Um, I enjoyed the work I did there, but it still wasn't enough because I knew it was like my zone of excellence. You know what I mean? Boxing, building grassroots boxing programs from the ground up improving the lives of people of color in dire situations, right? Like that is my zone of genius. And so I could have stayed at St. Benedict's for, I don't know how long and been fine, but it would have never allowed me to really be and express my true self. And so there's a lot of you out there that are in your zones of excellence. You know what I mean? Like you got a job, it pays the bills. You know what I'm saying? You're good. You might get recognized at it, get your little, you know, your little, uh, button or pin that recognizes all your achievements. You got a nice little LinkedIn profile or something. Hell, it could even be like a director position or a chief marketing or something, but it's still not like the CEO. You know what I mean? And it might be in a role that like you really don't want to do. Like you might, you know, you might be working in corporate America, but you want to be a, uh, uh, you want to be a violinist or something, right? Because that's what you love doing. You love like making music and you love art, but you, you're scared to make a living doing it, right? Like, that's what we're talking about with like the zone, of, the zone of excellence, right? So like you're not killing anybody, but you're good. But the zone of genius, the zone of genius is the place where no one can compete with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, again, I thought I was pretty good at the residence hall. Like I was a zone of excellence, but are there people out there that might've done a better job than me? Probably, you know, there's, I mean, an entire world, absolutely. 
But when it comes to like boxing and what I'm doing with Ironbound and building this brand and positioning this brand to, to, to do these grassroots programs, I literally believe that there's no one else in the world that can compete with me and do it at the way I'm doing it, targeting the community I am in the way I am, right? And that's the zone of genius. Like when you're a zone of your genius, there is no competition. You're your own competition and having the courage to kind of like step out into that zone of genius, right? And this is what you're seeing me do with Iron Man. That's what I've been doing like the last two years. Again, it's been very hard, very hard. But I will acknowledge that for once in my life, like I am in my zone of genius, you know? I look back at my time in the Marine Corps. Marine Corps for me was like borderline zone of competence and incompetence, right? Like, um, I, and I still owe you all the episode where we really do a deep dive into like my military experience, particularly like as a black infantry officer. But the whole culture um, just wasn't a good fit for me. I feel like it stifled me. I could never really be like Iron Mike, let alone, you know, Mike Stedman. You know what I mean? It's like this feeling of you're in these places and they, 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 they try to put a box over you. You know what I mean? And you can never really just be your true, true self. And you can't really like outshine people or shine, not outshine people, but, you know, shine into your, your greatness. And no matter what I did, the Marine Corps would have never allowed me to do that. And I didn't know that at the time, you know, obviously I went there and found out, but again, part of growing, growing up is, um, is learning is becoming self-aware, you know, like waking up and starting to put pieces together and understand, um, you know, understand the world from a different, a different perspective. And like, yeah, the, the military was probably like my zone of competence, borderline incompetence. But, you know, at the end of the day, like one of the things I tell people, uh, oh, they, they say, what would you tell your younger self? And I would say um, forgiveness. You know, I would tell my younger self forgiveness because I think a lot of times we can make mistakes and, you know, bad judgment when we're younger. But it's all part of like growth. You know what I mean? And you do what you can, what you have, like at the time. And at the time, I thought the military, I thought the infantry was a good fit very thankful for the lessons I learned in it. If I had to do it all over again, I'd probably still do it because I wouldn't be the man I am today without it. But at the end of the day, right, like it wasn't my zone of excellence and it wasn't like my zone of genius. Um, and so I'm just thankful to have that experience that I'm able to use those lessons and leverage the lessons I did learn into what I'm, I'm doing now. And so, you know, I really wanted to talk about this, this book. Like I've read the book three times. I've listened to the book like three times on Audible and I've done a couple workshops on it with uh, Bill and everything, you know, as we build out our one page personal plans and some of the talks we have. But as I, I'm preparing, I'm in the midst of another big leap. Like right now, as I, as I do this podcast, I'm in the midst of a big leap because I've, I've talked to you all before on previous podcasts about um, you know, this is going to be our finest moment as a brand. And, you know, Ironbound is really going to step up. This is like, this is that moment. And it, it, it really is. And I have to get out of my own way so that I can propel us to where we need to go um, and be confident doing it. Right. And I, I guess crazy because you will look on the outside and you're like, oh, all this progress, damn, it looks like you're doing just that. But again, man, I feel like I'm still operating at like 20% you know, my 20% looks like other people's 80, 90%. So when I can align the mental with the execution and I'm able to operate at like 90%, man, I can really push this thing forward, right? Both these brands like Ironbound and Dope Coffee and fucking push us into the stratosphere where we belong. But in order to do that, I have to like, I have to be mentally strong enough to continue to step outside myself 
and make this big leap because right now, like I've done good, we've maintained, we've duct taped some stuff up, but that's not going to get me to the next level. The next level is going to have to take a lot more risk, right? I got to risk a lot more, you know, taking like capital I have to invest in products and invest in personnel that I may think I can't afford at the time, but I'm going to risk the, I got to make bets that uh, decisions that I'm about to make moving forward will pay off in the long term. You know what I mean? And it's, it's scary. It's like, like I'll give you an example for entrepreneur, hiring a sales team and, uh, you know, building out a commissioning arm and, and developing that and nurturing that, right? So that, because I've realized at this point, I can't do everything myself, right? Like I'm, I'm good, I'm talented, right? I can do a podcast, you know what I mean? I write our newsletters, I do all this other stuff, right? I teach the boxing classes. But if I'm gonna build a nationally recognized brand, Right. I need to focus more on strategy and operations and less in like the weeds of teaching my boxing classes. So I got to step outside myself, survive the pandemic. Right. Like I'm going to say that, like, let me not say survive the pandemic. Right. I describe it as this feeling of like going on op in Afghanistan. Boom, you go. Then you come back from the op. Everyone's alive. Everyone made it. You kiss the ground. You thank God for being alive. And then the next day you're back in the COC meeting with your CEO talking about next ops, right? Like that's where I feel like right now as a brand, like this pandemic hit, the bottom fell out. We stood up, you know, Ironbound Boxing virtual setup, teaching boxing classes online. And guess what? We kissed the ground. We're alive. Okay. But now guess what? We got to go back out there and keep moving on the mission. And so now I have to start, I have to start uh, pushing the envelope, right? Like now is the time. I, I can't hold back anymore. And I need you all to help me hold me accountable because you're going to be listening to this show and you're going to follow us on social media, all the stuff we're doing and say, Mike, I want to see you, you know, you know, take that big leap. And so I have to prepare myself mentally because it's scary. It's nerve, it's nerve wracking. You know what I mean? Because you have to come. It's not, I'm going to say, I don't even want to say come outside yourself, right? You have to rise into who you were meant to be in order to make this happen. And like in my mind, right, I still have these stories I tell myself that are holding me back that I got to push through. You know, I tell myself I'm not smart enough or good enough or qualified enough to build a multi-million dollar business, right? Like this is a belief that I have to like push past every day because of all the people I've been told who do this, right? Or the perception of people who do this do not look like me. You know what I'm saying? And it seems like they don't come from the background I come from. Um, And so it's hard to kind of like make the mental connection, especially when you're like in your one bedroom in Newark, hooking and jabbing on a daily basis. And like in Newark, I just don't see anybody that looks like me doing what I'm doing. You know, uh, a, a belief I had when I was getting out the military was because I graduated the Naval Academy with a 2.5, you know, GPA. It wasn't even 2.5. I give myself 2.5. It was like 2.49995 in history. And because like, I didn't think I was like the best Marine officer in the world, you know, I had this belief that I was not smart enough to go to or graduate from an elite business school. And so when I was getting out, rather than like give it my all and study and like try to apply to get to these places, I have fundamentally made it up in my mind that like I wasn't smart enough to go to these places. So I didn't even try. Like I didn't even give myself a shot. And again, that comes back from like, I think like my, my, even prior to the Marine Corps and the Naval Camp, it goes back to like my high school days when I had to take the SAT six times to break a thousand so I could go to the Naval Academy prep school, not even get into the academy itself, but just enough to to go to the prep school. And so that had this whole stigma with like the GMAT and, and the, the GRE and all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, I had a belief that like, I wasn't smart enough to go to these places, you know? I have a belief that like, hey, I can't build a successful business 
from the ground up and maintain a meaningful relationship, right? Because that's everything people tell you is that like, oh, you can't, you know, when you're building, these are your building years, you know, you, you got to, it's hard to separate from like building your business and having a family and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, build your business first, then have your family. Like that's the stories that like I'm told and that's the stuff I see, right? Especially when you see so many um, successful business owners, um, especially entrepreneurs divorced and having all those kind of problems. Cause we work on our business like 24 seven. Like when I go to sleep at night and I wake up, like it's all, it's all like business. That's just where I'm at right now. So how do I break out of that so I can maintain more meaningful relationships? You know, one of the challenges I also have is that like, um, I struggle relating a lot with my family. Um, and I tell myself I can't relate with my family. Why? Because, you know, um, there's so much stuff that, that's, that's happened in my life that I got to, I got to tell you all about, but you know, my mom had a stroke while I was at the Naval Academy. And so to have to deal with all that at one of the toughest institutions in the country as a man of color who already wasn't like the highest performer, you know what I'm saying? Um, and I had to kind of go into this, I had to go back to Annapolis when my mom was like laying in the hospital in the ICU from a stroke. And then dealing with that recovery process all while dealing with all the challenges of uh, going to the Naval Academy and then even being a Marine officer. So I kind of adopted this like Ronin mentality. So, you know, I have a giant back piece of a Ronin samurai warrior, a samurai without a master just to kind of, I don't know, uh, help me uh, express how I feel about like the whole situation maybe. Um, and it's just this belief of like, no one's going to save you. No, you know, no one's going to save you, Mike. So when I stepped into these environments where like it was the first time I was experiencing or I was the first time I was in, you know, my family experiencing it, you know, who am I going to relate to about this? Right. Like who can I call and talk about what it's like being a, a, a infantry officer in the Marine Corps? What it's like sitting in a fighting hole, you know, or even going to Afghanistan and coming back and telling people what that that experience is like. And so I've allowed that to create some distance between myself and some people. Um and at least, you know, now I'm like identifying that, but that is like a real story, you know, that I tell myself, you know, another thing too is, and I, I, I feel it now, um, more so because like, we've been around, I don't say like iron bounds, you know, for the, like, we were already like very social visible brand. You know, I had a lot of stuff come out, uh, documentaries and news pieces, but like now, you know, once I got that street shares grant where I won like $25,000, um, to go towards Ironbound, you know, that raised the visibility of us within the veteran space. And then the WeWork stuff and the Bunker Labs, right? Now Echo and Green and, you know, some of the big name clients and stuff we have. And so I think deep down too is I have this fear of like shining too much, you know, because I feel like I can make other people look or feel bad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, don't shine too much because it's, it, I think for us as people of color, and again, I can't help but relate this, but it's like when you're one of one as a black person in a lot of these environments, it's almost like kind of stay in your place, kind of stay in your lane. And I think subconsciously, like we internalize that. And so we start to feel uncomfortable when we're really just shining because, you know, there's a stigma of like the angry black man or the angry black woman, or he's arrogant or he's cocky and all this kind of stuff. But then you got like the Richard Bronsons and the Donald Trumps and all these people that have quite frank fuck you money and can say whatever they want, but don't let a black man do that. Like don't shine too much. It's like, get back in your place. And so, you know, we, we battle through that. And so instead of like shining, you know, we, we try to stay in a spot that like doesn't trigger other people. You know what I mean? It doesn't make other people feel threatened. Um, and so I have to push past that 
And to be honest, like more than anything else, I think that's one of the biggest benefits I've had having a business coach is really tapping into that mental piece and helping me push past these weaknesses so that I can um, take my big leap. You know what I mean? And, and be in a position uh, to be in a, I don't know how to describe it, to be who I always knew I could be. You know, maybe I don't even know if I could be. It's just this this reaction that people have to me when they find out what I've done and who I am, you know? Because like, you know, even just being a black man at the Naval Academy, right? Like, I know it's a good school, um, but like it didn't, because I didn't, I wasn't like the greatest performer there. At least I thought I wasn't, you know, it's just kind of like another thing I've done. Right. And I'm very proud of it. Don't get me wrong. Um, and then, you know, I just finished up my master's in American studies at Rutgers, you know, knocked that out the park, three-time national champ, all that kind of stuff. So like I've done this stuff, but, um, you know, I never really just kind of like walked around and chest bumped and been like, kind of look at me and, but, because of that too, like some of the stuff I've done, I don't necessarily think it's like a big deal because I'm so focused on the next thing or like I'm still in the fight, right? Like, I mean, yeah, I got my master's and Echo and Green finalists and all this kind of stuff. But again, I'm in a one bedroom apartment in fucking Newark, New Jersey in the midst of a pandemic hooking and jabbing, right? Like it's not the most sexiest thing, but on the outside, man, people find out the stuff you do and what you've done and they're just like so proud and they just can't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I know even with this master's thing, um, my family wanted to come. My my aunt called me and she was like, Mike, we got to come to your graduation. I was like, don't worry about it. I probably won't even walk. Because she was like, it was just like such a big deal to my aunt that like I'm getting this master's. But to me, it was like, didn't seem like as much of a big deal, maybe because like my expectation level is so much higher now. I'm like, I, you know, I cranked out a thesis, wrote my master's. I did all that kind of stuff. It's It doesn't seem like, it just doesn't seem like a big deal to me, but to people in our community, you know, it is a big deal. And I think when you put it in context with like how hard it is to raise a man of color um, in a single parent home and all the challenges and adversities that go with that to see us shining and thriving, you know, when so many of us are incarcerated and unemployed, right? When you put it in perspective, it's a very, very uh, proud accomplishment. And so I got to kind of start to get more comfortable shining and not feel so um, guilty about it. You know, one of the things that I learned in the book too was whenever I go out places or something, people find out what you're doing. They're like, we're so proud of you or you're doing such a great job. And, you know, I would go in places like at Bunker Labs, right? When I was doing consulting work where we work, did this, uh, we had this uh, retreat um, for like a lot of the uh, community managers for the veterans and residents, which is a program between we work at Bunker Labs. So we were going out there kind of go over some of the programming and just kind of, you know, facilitate some discussions about how we can make the program better. And when I get there, right, like one of the city leaders from Bunker Labs, um, a regional leader, he like, he, he highlights me and my story as a great example of like grit and determination and, you know, who set the example for like being a veteran entrepreneur, particularly within like the Bunker Labs and and the WeWork community. And he calls me out in front of everybody. And this is like 60, you know, something, 60, 70 people, right? And he's just talking me up. And uh, because I read that book, he tells you that like when people are doing this, when they're talking about you, you know, instead of shying away from it, feeling uncomfortable about it, just take a moment and like take it in and, and, and enjoy it, you know? And when people compliment you, just say, you know, thank you for uh, saying that. And like actually allowing yourself to enjoy the moment instead of, feeling uncomfortable. And I think that's where that upper limit, again, that's where that upper limit starts to trigger 
because we feel uncomfortable because we're not used to like to like shining, you know? And I see it in my kids too, man, all the time. You know, having a boxing brand in Newark, a lot of my kids, right? Like some of them might go to school. Some of them might not be doing too good in school. But because we're such a visible brand within like the veteran community, we get a lot of PR. And with that comes a lot of interview opportunities and stuff. And the fundamental fact is that a lot of my kids have never been highlighted for anything in their life, right? Like in places like Newark, unless you're like a star athlete or the valedictorian, no one wants to hear your stories. What impact are you making on the world, right? You're just like a poor black or Latino kid living in the projects. You know what I mean? You don't feel like you're an example to anyone. And so these are the stories that they're telling themselves at an early age. So like across the board as people of color, man, we might not, none of us know how to shine, right? To really shine, you know? Um, those of us that aren't like entertainers or, or athletes, those of us that like we're taught that we're just like mediocre or, you know, basic or whatever. So, you know, having those conversations and, you know, having dialogue about it so we can become self-aware and identify this stuff um, as it happens, you know? And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm at the point now where I have to identify this stuff even more because we're pushing past it, man. Like I'm taking my big leap. This is it right here. You know, my, my whole, I've told y'all this before, my whole savings, my livelihood is in my brand and my, in my business. You know what I'm saying? Like there is no safety net. I cut the safety net off two years ago. Right. And I've been fighting a good fight for two years and I'm still getting warmed up. You know what I mean? I'll tell you another belief, right? Like I don't have a finance background. You know what I mean? So like if there's one gap in my business acumen, Okay. It's the, the building the financial models and like all that stuff. So like I outsource that, but you know what I'm gonna do, man, I'm about to attack it. I'm fucking attacking it. Right. I got all the finance books in the world. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna start practicing building those financial models. And, you know, because it's not just about me, right? Like, yeah, this stuff is good, you know, for Ironbound, for dope, whatever. But like what we're doing with these platforms, man, we got to build these businesses so we can show y'all out there how to do it. That's why we're doing it. That's the that's what taking the big leap is about for me personally, right? Like I want to have a portfolio of companies run by founders of color and not just like the big VC tech firms or whatever. Like I want to have, uh, I'm not going to say I want to have, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a portfolio of micro entrepreneurs who I'm working with uh, brand strategy wise, helping them position their brands, get them up on e-commerce or whatever else they have, right? to make a living for themselves. That's what I'm doing. I don't know what y'all are doing, but that's what I'm doing. Ironbound Boxing is my hustler's MBA on how to do that because I'm, I don't want to be that guy. Like for boxing, what makes me a good boxing coach, what makes me the best boxing coach is because I've done it. You know what I mean? I've been in the ring, right? Like I've been under the pressure. I've been in the gyms. I've gotten beat up, right? Like I've lived the life of an amateur boxer so I, I can talk it. I can relate to it. And my kids know when they see me. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I want the same thing in business, okay? So, as I build Ironbound, right, I need to learn the lessons that we can help support other entrepreneurs. And I have a soft spot for micropreneurs because I think when I think of micropreneurs, it reminds me a lot of, like, my mom, you know, people that have this idea of a vision or something. They don't have a lot of capital to get started. It may only be a couple hundred dollars or something. But this idea of that you can help them make that like a reality, you know? And so for me and the work I'm doing with Dope Coffee around branding, you know, it's brand strategy and brand development, right? This is me refining my ability to help position companies through branding, 
You know what I mean? To drive uh, e-commerce, to drive fundraising, right? Like it's a work in progress. This is me refining that, right? And so in addition to working with Dope Coffee, like I work with other small entrepreneurs just to help them get started. And I do it for free for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes, maybe even more spending time with them, helping them position the brand because that's my next leap, right? So it's boom, Ironbound Boxing, make this dope, dope coffee boxing, boom. Now we're starting to build this portfolio of companies, right? And I, I like doing stuff the opposite, right? When everyone goes left, I want to go right. You know what I'm saying? Like I like VC, venture capital. Oh yeah, Lou, look at me. That's super cool. Yo, screw that, yo. I want to work with micro entrepreneurs and I want to cut checks to micro entrepreneurs to help them get started. Everyone wants to put their name on these like elite business schools, whatever. Screw that, yo. Let's get these programs going at these community colleges. You know what I mean? Like let's build our own module, right? Like the stuff I'm talking about now is so dope. Pushing boxing content out to municipalities through their social media networks creating a wellness content that can touch literally one piece of wellness content that's going to touch the entire country. And I want to do that with other stuff, entrepreneurial education, um, finance, right? Like I'm really thinking like outside the box here and we're going to make it happen. Like this is my promise to you all out there. I'm going to make it happen, right? I'm taking the big leap to bring this to life. Like dope coffee, ironbound boxing, man. We're really going to step outside ourselves and be a sh- and and get our shine on, you know what I'm saying? Because guess what? We deserve it and we have the talent to do it. You know what I'm saying? And like I think for me, right? I had to I had to identify and recognize like, yo, Mike, you are the talent. You know what I'm saying? You're not just a boxing coach, right? Like fundamentally believing that and stepping into that entrepreneur um and stepping into your entrepreneur zone. And this is like what you're seeing me say now, like all the stuff I'm talking and the way I'm saying it right? This is me stepping into and owning the Iron Mike persona, right? Because I realized that if I just was meek and just going around like, oh, you know, well, if it happens, it happens, right? It was never going to happen, right? So I have to step outside myself and I have to own this persona. And so that's the transition. That's why you see me refer to myself as Iron Mike Stedman, because I have a dope ass boxing brand, Ironbound Boxing, We're going to change the world. I'm going to support urban communities. I'm growing as an entrepreneur, both within my brand and Dope Coffee and a lot of the stuff I'm doing with some of these other small entrepreneurs. And uh, yeah, man, we're going to change the game and we're going to become an Echo and Green. I'm I'm going to become a 2020 Echo and Green fellow and Ironbound Boxing and Dope Coffee are going to set the standard for what's possible. And I want you to listen to this podcast and I want you to follow our journey and say, I was a part of that. And I remember when they spoke it to spoke it into existence. I remember when Mike jumped on his podcast, when Iron Mike jumped on his podcast and talked about taking the big leap, man. I see, I get fired up, man. I get fired up just talking to y'all about this stuff, man. Um, you know, my friend, good friend of mine, uh, who's actually at Harvard Business School right now, and hopefully I get him on the platform, um, this guy named T-Pain, he's always told me one of my superpowers was the gift of gab, right? Like that's one of my zones. And so, you know, this podcast is a way for me to, to express that. So, man, enough of me just going off. I get hyped up. Let me bring my, I'm no, I, you know what? I got to stop talking myself down. I'm not going to bring myself down. I'm going to keep shining. And I appreciate you all tuning in and listening to this show as I talk about, you know, this stuff that I, I'm dealing with and how I plan to to bring the the visions to life that, that I have within myself. And uh, yeah, man, just really just going to change the world, not trying to, we're, we're going to change the world. And uh, you're a part of that. And uh, appreciate you tuning in to the today's show. If you like this book, by the way, check it out, get it on Amazon. It's on Amazon and it's on Audible. It's called The Big Leap. I'm literally 
Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I'm literally on my fourth listen, right? And then he wrote another book called The Joy of Genius, where he kind of expands upon um, the stuff he identified in the first book. So after I finish um, going through this book again, I'm going to go ahead and purchase the, uh, uh, the Joy of Genius on Audible. And I, I encourage you to, for anyone out there who feels like they should be doing more, you know how people say that to themselves? Like, I just feel like I should be doing more. Yo, get the book, you know, get the book, The Big Leap. And, and, and learn the tools so that you can become more self-aware about what's holding you back. So, uh, man, appreciate you all so much for this, for tuning in to me on this show, man. If you could do me a favor, be sure to subscribe and support this podcast by giving us five stars and leaving a review on iTunes. Also, I need everyone who feels like they identify with this subject matter in this show, just forward it to one person. There's one person in your network whether friends, family, business associate, who you feel who you feel like can identify with the subject matter, go ahead and, and forward them this show for me because we want to grow our audience and we want to support people and, and grow our impact more than anything else. Another thing you do, go order some dope coffee at www.realdopecoffee.com. We're actually in the midst of a fundraising round. We've already raised 45K of our 175K target. And we're really excited about this investment round. And so we're looking for uh, friends and family to, to make an investment in us. People can invest for as little as $250. I mean, that's all it that's all it takes to really to get in the game. So go to uh, www.realdopecoffee uh, to learn more. Follow us on, on our social media channels because we're, we're pushing this out there and letting people know, hey, it's not too late to get in the game and help support an amazing brand that's going to change the community and change the world. And also... Now, more than ever, be sure to donate and support Ironbound Boxing. You can don- make a donation at www.ironboundboxing.org. Listen, every donation counts. And the stuff we're about to do right now, this, this, this move with boxing is wellness and the content we're producing, we're going to impact so many people's lives all across the country. Hell, all across the world. Because to be honest, we're training clients all across the world. But on what we're doing now, um, this move on the on the nonprofit side of the house is we're going to be pushing out wellness content to communities, low income communities all across the country. And we're going to do it using technology. And so if you make a donation, that's what you're supporting. That's the vision you're going to bring to life. Right. So when you find out that Ironbound Boxing is teaching kids in Detroit, we're teaching kids in East St. Louis. That's what your donation is supporting it. Right. And you're in the early stages of this thing and building this thing up and you can be a part of it, you know. And, you know, one of the things I always say on this show, right, like uh, a confessions of a native son, super fan. And I've seen y'all because y'all keep sending us the photos of it. You're listening to this show, drinking some dope coffee out of either a dope coffee coffee mug or or Ironbound Boxing coffee mug while rocking an Ironbound Boxing uh, hoodie or tea or just some Ironbound Boxing swag in general. That's our super fan. I want to give a shout out to super fan um, Calvin Parsons and Janelle Hump because like y'all fire me up with that. You know what I mean? And just keep sending us that stuff. Tag us on social media. Tag us on uh, LinkedIn. You know, let us know that you're listening and that you're supporting, you know, the stuff we're doing. And, uh, you know, on, on my end too, like on a, for Ironbound, we also teach these, these wellness classes, boxing classes to companies. So if you have a company or you're part of a remote team, and you're looking for some fun employee engagement, you know, we'd love an opportunity to host a class with, for you. And again, these classes allow us to support our nonprofit arm, pushing the free content out to community. So a lot of positive stuff going on. We, like I said, we're making that big leap. You know, if you ever want to talk to me, just shoot me a message on LinkedIn or shoot me an email at mike at weareironbound.com. You know, I will respond to you. I'll do my best to do so. 
And obviously, you know, I'm on Instagram at Iron Mike Stedman. Uh, special shout out to my co-producer, man, my brother from another, the one and only creative Mike the Rapper, a.k.a. Mike Lloyd, a.k.a. CEO of the one and only Dope Coffee Company, man. That's my brother, man. I appreciate him so much because of just this journey that we're able to take together with uh, with both our brands. And if you all knew where we started from, man, uh, probably bring tears to y'all's eyes. And it's just amazing to see us continue to shine together you know, outside of, uh, outside of the military. Um, and then I also got to give a special shout out to my man, Lance John from the Gifted Sounds Network, curating black talent such as myself. Go check out Gifted Sounds, man. They're rooting for everybody that's black. And I can, I mean, we're rooting for them too. So uh, it's a great platform. Just, this is so great having a support network out here to be able to bring projects like this to life. And so uh, until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week. I'm a free black man, hold up my head, black man. Beautiful black man, I don't that feel nice, man. I love your brother, black man, and chase your dreams, black man. And get that cream, black man, we the original man.